And uh, we've been in this season of miracles, preaching, talking. God's been doing miracles. We haven't heard all the reports yet. I believe we're going to hear a lot more. But here's one that uh, Bill and Rita Bartlett uh, wrote out and, and gave me. It's, it's short. Let me read it to you. Two weeks ago, I was contacted by a friend who works as a teacher after school. The mother of one of her students came in to pick up her child, and she was crying. Lisa asked if she could help, and the mother stated that she had just come from her doctor visit where she was told the child she was carrying was diagnosed with kidney failure due to polycystic kidney disease, polycystic kidney disease. Uh, I wasn't reading that right. I think that was misspelled, but I got it corrected there. All right, maybe. Uh, if you look at this disease, it's one that uh, cannot be treated. It's incurable. The doctors told her if she did not lose the baby before birth, they would have to perform a kidney transplant as soon as he was born. She was very distraught and asked for prayer. She stated she was having another test run in two weeks, which was last Friday. Lisa called and asked us, to get a prayer cloth and have anyone who would pray over it so she could give it to the mom. We did just that, had a number of staff, board of Carbondale join in agreement. At the end of the service, uh, you asked for anyone to come forward that needed healing. Bill and I brought the prayer cloth forward and Jeff anointed it with oil and prayed over it as well. It was communion Sunday, so we took a communion cup home and Bill and I prayed while we poured the wine over the cloth when it dried, we took the bread and prayed and crushed it and folded it into the cloth, and we pinned it together and gave it to Lisa for the mom to wear on her body. Friday, they ran another test on the amniotic fluid and could not find any evidence of polycystic kidney disease in the child. Can you praise God for that miracle? Woo! Thank you, Lord. We serve a God of miracles, and he's still doing miracles. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're, we're looking at, at, at one more miracle today in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, just a couple of verses in this great story that's on the screen. You've already, you just stood a moment ago, so I'll let you be seated as long as you promise to use your loud voice. Okay? Here we go, all together. He said, listen. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. 
Can we thank God for his word? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We receive your word, Lord. What a powerful word it is. Well, Jehoshaphat and the, and the Israelites, they were outnumbered three to one. You ever feel outnumbered? Feel like everything's stacked against you? And that's where it was. And it says in verse 2, some of the men had come and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army that's coming against you from Edom on the, on the other side of the sea. Actually, three armies together. In verse 3, it says Jehoshaphat was alarmed. You'd be alarmed too. You ever had bad news hit you and you were alarmed and fear tried to take over, uh, over in, in your life? And, and so verse 3 goes on to say, alarmed, but Jehoshaphat didn't just stay in that state of alarm. It says he resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. I mean, you know, we have a choice. We can either let fear paralyze us and just think it's impossible and throw up our hands and quit, or we can, we've got a choice, or we can turn from that and tune in to God and begin to inquire of the Lord, begin to pray. All the people, it says, came together and they sought the Lord to receive help from the Lord. Hallelujah. And so there's three simple principles out of this great story in this chapter. And the first one is start with prayer. I mean, that's a good starting place. That's not where we always start, is it? But that's where we need to start. Start with prayer and tune in to God. And the very thing you need to do when you face a major problem is just to get still and tune in to God, inquire the Lord. Here, Jehoshaphat called not only a national prayer meeting, but a time of fasting and seeking the Lord. You know, a time of fasting is powerful because it's giving up natural food because there's such a spiritual hunger in your soul that you need God more than you need natural food. Now, when you fast, you need to be healthy and you still need to drink water. But giving up food or even a partial fast for a time to seek the Lord allows you to become more sensitive to the things of God and allows God to begin to reveal things to you and to work in your life. This is what they did. How many know we need more national leaders like this that will call people to prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord instead of just living in a state of fear? And so we have Jehoshaphat's prayer in verses 5 through 12, and a powerful prayer it is. Three things that he prayed about in the form of questions that are questions with the obvious answer uh, in, implied in the question. And that is in verse 6, the first one is, are you not? Are you not? Look at verse 7. Did you not? Verse 12, will you not? Look at verse 6. Are you not the God who's in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nation. Power and might are in your hand. And what Jehoshaphat is doing is immediately shifting the focus of the people from the impossible situation they were facing that caused immediate alarm and fear and turning their focus on the almighty power of God. How many know our God is big? I said our God is big. 
He's bigger than your needs, bigger than your situation. He's big enough to take care of us. He's the all-sufficient one, the omnipresent one, the omnipotent one. He is the almighty, the all-powerful God, but he's right in the middle of our situation when we will tune into him. And so that was showing that Jehoshaphat, as the leader, was talking to the people, don't stay in this state of panic and fear, but turn your attention on the identity of our God who is the Almighty. Our God is a big God. Hallelujah. And then the second thing's in verse 7. He said, he said, did you not, oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? So the second thing that Jehoshaphat is doing here is saying God is in control. Let me know when everything feels like it's out of control, God's still in control. Well, the circumstances might lie to you, but God is true. He's still in control. When you don't know what's going on, God's still in control. And when fear tries to take over your life, God is still in control. Amen? And that's what's happening here. Everything seems like it's falling apart. It seems like they're for sure going to be defeated by this massive three armies coming together that they're no match for, but God uses Jehoshaphat to pray a prayer that focuses on the bigness of God and the sovereignty of God, that our God is always in control. Hallelujah. And then the third thing here is, will you not judge them? Will you not judge them? He's simply saying, God, you're faithful. You are a faithful God. He says, God, I want you to do it again. In other words, he's saying, God, how about instant replay? You've done it before, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Is that your prayer? That's my prayer. God, do it again. Do the miracles again. Bring revival again. Do what you've done. All through the scriptures and all through the age of the church, God has always showed up. He's showing up now. He will show up again. He will do it again. Hallelujah. And so we see that then Jehoshaphat, they come in verse 12, and he says, for we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. You know, that's a good place to get when you realize that you're no match for the enemy. As long as you think, I got this, I don't need God. We don't say it out loud, but sometimes that's what we're doing, isn't it? God, I got this. I can take care of this, you know. And God says, well, go ahead, be my guest. And how many know when, when, when that happens, we're, we're headed for a fall, aren't we? We're headed for failure. You know, and sometimes that's necessary to get our attention, to get us back where we need to be because when you compare verse 12 where it says, God, we have no power, to verse 6, and Jehoshaphat and the people in their prayer said, God, you have all power. We have no power, but God's got the power. He is the all-powerful, the almighty one. So he's saying in his prayer, God, you are big, you are awesome, you are in control, you are faithful. We don't have the power, but you have the power. And look what he says in verse 12. He says, we do not know what to do. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Man, we, usually we try to, we exhaust all options and then we throw up our hand. Well, Lord, I don't know what to do, but look what he says. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. There's one thing I know. If you keep your focus on the Almighty God and put him first, he's going to come through in his way and in his time. We put our focus on you, Lord, rather than our circumstances. 
And look at God's response in verse 15. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. The battle is not yours, it's God's. The battle is not yours, it's God. So the second thing, the second point in your outline here is remember it's God's battle. Remember it's God's battle. Aren't you glad it's his battle? He fights our battles for us. And here God said, I'm going to take care of this. You don't need to play God. You don't need to try to fight God's battles. You just need to relax and let God fight your battles. Because you see, we sometimes say, well, I'll solve it. I'll fix it. I've got it. No, you don't. You'll end up falling flat on your face. How many times have I done it? And many of you have done it as well, right? And God says, who do you think you are? Don't you know that, that you don't hold God up? God holds you up. You don't have God in your hands. He's got you in his hands. He says, you're facing incredible odds. Don't worry. Don't be afraid because the battle is not yours. God says, it's my battle. Some of you say, Lord, I'm so tired. I'm ready to give up. And God says, great. I've been waiting for you to give up. It's time for you to relax and let God do the fighting. And then we come to verse number 17. Now look at verse 17. Because it's a long verse, but somebody, probably a computer, right? I don't know if anybody actually did the counting or not. I certainly didn't. But this is the middle verse in the Old Testament. There's the same number of verses before this verse and after this verse. What does that mean? I don't know. It just kind of speaks to me to say this is central. God's want, this is important. God's wanting to get this across to us. Verse 17 is the key verse in this story and really in all of Scripture. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Aren't you glad God is with us? Hallelujah. He said, take up your position, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of your God. It's not your battle, it's God's battle. God says, relax and watch me do it. Twice in this chapter, he says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Has God ever lost a battle? No. He bats a thousand, right? If you let God fight your battles, then victory is assured. You don't know when or how, but it's assured, right? So we need to stand firm. Verse 17 said, stand firm. What does that remind you of? Ephesians chapter Number six, when it talks about the armor of God, and four times Paul says what? Stand, and when you've done all, stand, stand, stand. This is a, what does this mean? It really means a mental attitude of quiet confidence. How many know God can bring you to that point of quiet confidence in God? So deep down in your knower, how many have a knower? Deep down in your knower, it's like, when God gives you the scripture and the promise that he's going to take care of this, then you begin to declare, I know that I know that I know that I know everything's going to be okay. This is God's battle. He's got it, right? He's got it. He's got it. He's going to take care uh, of this situation. I just need to stand firm 
on the Word of God. It's never God's will for us to run from a difficult situation because God wants to teach us that He is all-sufficient in every situation. There's no problem that's too difficult for God. So stand firm. Now, there's two things to stand firm on in verse 20. Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophet, and you will be successful. The first one is to stand firm in God's character. God is trustworthy, and God is faithful. Say it out loud. God is trustworthy, and God is faithful. You can depend upon God's character. He's never failed us yet. He never will. He'll never be late. He's seldom early, but he'll never be late. He's right on time. You can trust God's character. He's not a man who would lie. And then it says, stand firm, not just on God's character, but on God's word. God's word is truth, and God's word is reliable. Say it out loud. God's word is truth, and God's word is reliable. You can take the word of God. It's no wonder the devil's constantly fighting against the word of God, trying to put doubt in people's minds about the word of God. You say, I don't understand everything in here. Neither do I. I don't have to. There's plenty of word in here that's very easy to understand, and the Holy Spirit that wrote it will eliminate it and personalize it to you and direct you. This is our foundation. The Word of God is reliable, and we can trust in the Word of God. That brings me to the third point, and that is the key to the whole story, and that's releasing my faith through praise. Releasing my faith through praise. Thanking God in advance. On one mountain, there's the three enemy nations ready to defeat Israel. And and then on the other side is the puny little Israeli army not trained. There's There's no match for them. But verse 21 tells us the plan. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness We talked about his holiness last week, his completeness. He's the all-sufficient one to, to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now, if you back up a couple of verses, verse 19, it said the Levites had stood up and they praised God, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And then it comes down to verse 21 where Jehoshaphat appointed singers. I believe he looked over that audience as they were worshiping that day and singing, and he wasn't looking for the best voice, but he was looking for the ones that were praising God from the bottom of their toenails with their entire being, their whole heart. They were worshiping. They didn't care what anybody else thought. They were singing praise to God. And and in his, I believe he appointed, I want you and you and you and you and you to be in the choir. This is a different kind of choir right here. Because then he put this choir at the head before the army. I'm sure when he told the army this plan, they probably thought, He had lost it. You're going to do what? Put the choir before the army because this was a spiritual battle and he needed singers to worship the Lord. It was a symbol of saying, we're going to thank God in advance for the victory. 
You see, we need to always be thankful for what God has done, but praise is thanking God in advance. Verbalize faith, real faith, as I'm praising God for what he's going to do. Amen. And that's what he was doing here, releasing these worshipers and these singers to sing unto the Lord. It was faith, you know, thanking God in advance for the great victory. And when you come down to verse number 22, it says, as they began, or when, or at that moment, different translations, but it keys in, really speaking that at the very moment when they released the first word, the first note of the singing, at that very moment when they started singing and praising God, the Lord set ambushes against the men who were invading Judah and they were defeated and the enemy armies got confused and started fighting each other and Israel simply watched the enemy devastate themselves. A great victory was given to Israel that day because they prayed they fasted, they remembered the battle is the Lord's, and they released their faith through glorious praise. Five years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and, and uh, I went through various, various treatments, a couple of cryosurgeries, ultimately got transferred to MD Anderson in Houston, uh, and right at the end of 21 December of 21 I was down there for tests and they were going to offer me radiation because there wasn't anything else they could offer me except medication on and off medication uh, to keep the cancer in remission and and so so I got down there and I I'm waiting in the waiting room from to see my doctor and what do you do when you're sitting in a waiting room you pick up your phone right and 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 so I'm looking an email came from a well-known preacher that said God's got it and then there was another one that was almost the same wordage and just as I read that then I was called back to see my doctor he set up the set up the radiation I got I got home the next day and my associate pastor sent me a text and he just seemed to say how'd it go and I told him and, and he sent back all he sent back was God's got it and so then in the spring of 22, I went down for radiation. And uh, my associate and his wife, they gave me this little, this little uh, rock that somebody painted that said, God's got this. God's got this. And, and I was standing on that. I wasn't able to finish the radiation. I got halfway through, hit the wall, got sicker than, than, than I can even imagine. Got put in the hospital for two weeks heart rate down to 40 I was, I was just everything was out of whack yeah, I was over radiated in in my in in my colon and, and stomach and 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 uh and so I'm getting over that on the very last day when I'm about to be dismissed uh from the hospital a little Hispanic nurse came in and to do an EKG well if you had an EKG recently they're not like they used to be I mean they they stick stick them on and they're done that quick they said, I'm done I said boy that's fast and she said yeah she said, no, I'm not done. She said, I need to tell you about my little grandmother. She had colon cancer, and God totally healed her, and she is well today. She said, I've got a song. Can I play my song for you? I said, you sure can. She said, well, it's in Spanish. Do you know Spanish? I said, not a word. <laughs> Taco bueno, that's it, you know. 
So she, right there on that floor, she, she got her phone and she hit that praise song and put it on the top volume and put it in this ear. And she was in this ear. She said, it's okay, I'll give you the interpretation. So I'm hearing Spanish in this song, in this ear, English in this ear. I think I'm getting a message in tongues sung to me with the interpretation. But I'm here to tell you, she started praising God. I started praising God. I'm sure the whole floor heard it because it was loud. And we had camp meeting right there in that hospital room. And the glory of God came down right then. And God simply said, remember, I've got it. And gave me this scripture as my life scripture that all I need to do is release my praise to the Lord and when I do, he's going to fight this battle for me. In fact, the scripture that God gave me, uh, in particular, personalized, that I never had noticed or seen before, begins in verse 22 and, and, goes, down, and goes down through verse, verse number 24, where it simply says, at the very moment they began to sing and praise God, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point of the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as the eye could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. And God personalized that to me to say, the army come against you is an army of cancer cells. And I have destroyed every one of them and not one of them will escape. Hallelujah be to the Lord. I haven't had one sick day in five years except going through the radiation, what the radiation did. The cancer's not affected me. It's, it's been health in remission. I haven't been on any medication for a year. I may have to go back on. I don't have doctor's confirmation yet, but I have the promise of God's word that the battle is his. Hallelujah. He's fighting this battle. As I release my praise unto him, he's going to take care of the enemy. Everyone will be destroyed. Every cancer cell destroyed. And, and not one will escape to affect any other part of my body because God has got it. Hallelujah. How many know God's got it? God's got it. And in this case, after the enemy was defeated, Israel went out to gather the spoil, to gather all of the things from, from, it said, equipment and clothing and artists of great value. And they went in the valley of Baraka. Baraka means blessing. The valley that the enemy meant to be a valley of defeat became the valley of blessing. Hallelujah. I mean, God knows, God can turn your valley around. It can be a valley of blessing. And then it says that all of the other nations around was watching this. And the dread of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the dread of the Lord came upon them and said, you better not mess with Israel because Israel has got a secret weapon. His name is Jehovah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me know we got a secret weapon. We just got to praise the Lord. We just got to recognize the battle is His. We just got to know He's able, hallelujah, to do all things. And if God did it then, He'll do it now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So stand with me if you would. Lift a hand or two toward heaven and let's just make this a time of praise and say, Lord, we praise you right now for who you are. We praise you, Lord, that you're the almighty God. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you are able, you are able, Lord. We thank you, Lord, we thank you, Lord. You are big, you are great, you are awesome, you're in control, you are faithful. Lord, the battle is yours. So, Lord, we, we sing our praise, we release our praise. We thank you in advance for the victory, Lord, that you're giving us. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As we sing this little praise song, I want everybody praising the Lord today. I want, if you have a need of any kind, physical, financial, you need a miracle, you need to stand in for somebody, this is your time. Step out, come and stand right here. We're going to anoint you with oil and pray over you. And this is going to be a house of praise. And we believe God is going to do an awesome work. Would you come as we sing it? Come on. God, sing with me how our God, and all will sing how great, how great is our God, the splendor of the King. Thank you, Jesus. 
heaven and let's just praise you right now. Lord, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We sing praise to your name, Lord. We know, Lord, you've got it. We know it's your battle. We know you promised victory, Lord. We know you're here, Lord, to heal and to give victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, expecting Him to keep working. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.